Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. All right, let's get into the word today. I got a message that I really feel God placed on my heart to share with you today. And we're in our series called Faith Forward. Someone say Faith Forward. Uh, We're learning how to live a faith forward life in such a fear-filled world. So much fear around us that we have to go to God's word, which builds our faith. Do you know that every time you step through these doors, your faith is being built? Your faith is growing, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so as you get in the presence of God, as you hear God's word, your faith grows. So the opposite could be true as you step away from God's word, right? As you're not hearing the the word of God, then your faith will leak from your life. You don't want to have leaky faith. Yeah, because when that happens, then we automatically go into fear. And fear paralyzes us. Fear causes us to go backwards, not forward. But our faith is a moving faith. It's action. This faith walk that we are in takes us forward. Someone say faith forward. So very excited about today's message. I believe as you lean into God's word that this message has a power to lift you up today. To lift you up today. All right. How many need lifted up today? A few of you. Thank you for your honesty. The rest of you are lying. But you're welcome here. Do you know that it takes 43 muscles to frown? Yep, it's true. Some of you are working out your face like nobody's business, like it's your job, like you get paid to frown. Do you know that it takes 17 muscles to smile? Go ahead and smile real big. Come on, if your neighbor's not smiling... This message is definitely for them. Um, You ever notice that people that are chronic complainers and always negative hardly ever smile? If you're sitting beside someone like that, just look straight at the preacher. Don't look, look to the left or right. There is actually an epidemic of negativity in our world, and sometimes if we're not careful, it'll attach itself to us as Christ followers. Um, There's so much negativity around us right now. Um, You you notice that you could be having the greatest day ever and you walk into work and then all the sudden negative Nancy shows up. You You know who she is? Her name may not be Nancy and if your name's Nancy, don't get offended and leave the church. But if you do have complaints, um, Gabriel Contreras at thefuelchurch.com. He loves those emails. So all your complaints, all your criticisms about our service, and it's too cold, it's too hot, the lights are too bright, the sound's too loud, those are the emails we get every week. They're fun. They're fun. Gabe loves to call you and talk to you about those. Negative. I mean, you walk around and it's like, my Lord, it's just negative everywhere, environments that are negative, and then, then you flip on the news and it's just over. 
You're just done, just done. I mean, economy's doomed, and families are falling apart, school systems stink, and teenagers are all messed up. They're all doing drugs. They're all doing this. Churches are dying, they say. COVID is taking us all out, and our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> um, if your neighbor didn't laugh at that, they um, have never watched one of the greatest movies of all time, and uh, there is grace for that sin in your life. And then we have preachers on TV, this nation's going to hell in a handbasket. And when they go like this, it's all this stuff just jiggles. Um, and um, I just don't believe it is going to hell in a handbasket. And uh, I came to tell you that today, that um, there's hope and, and uh, that, that, that at the end if we are living in the, our last days, which I, I, I believe we're at the beginning of our last days. We talked about that at First Thursday. If you weren't here, how many were here for First Thursday? Listen, you better tell somebody about that message because God was here and speaking and I, I did a teaching and uh, you need that in your life. But anyway, um, I, I, some people, they're just looking for a reason to be negative. Can I be real? Um, it's almost like they thrive on it and they believe it's their job. Like, like they wake up every morning. Whose day can I ruin? Who can I complain to? Who can I have an attitude towards? Who can I frown to? Working out your frown. Um, and so um, I understand. I understand, yes. I understand that some people are naturally optimistic and then some people are naturally pessimist, pessimistic. Um, so I get that. Um, but the Bible has a lot to say about the source of your joy and contentment is not found in people or what's going on around us or our circumstances, that it's found in God's word. And, um, and so an optimistic person will read the verse, my cup runneth over, right? My cup runneth over and they'll be like, yeah, the Lord is blessing me. The favor of God's on my life. My cup is running over. And if you were raised in a Pentecostal church, they'd hit the organ about that time. But a, a pessimist will read the same thing and say, oh, no, oh, no, it's going to make a mess. My cup's running over. Oh, the Lord is blessed. It's going to be everywhere. So, friends, um, we can look at the glass half empty or we can look at the glass half full. And that's our choice. That's your choice. I can't make that for you. And, but I, I hope by the time we're done that, that, that you would, would see it half full and you would see that, that God does his best work in the darkest of times. And, and the word of God, the gospel works in the most trying of situations and circumstances in our life and in our world. But, um, you know, speaking of that cup, speaking of that cup, um, what are you filling your cup with? Like, like right now, like what are you filling your cup with? Um, because that cup represents your life. So, so what, are you, what are you filling in? And uh, we can fill it with all kinds of negativity that deeply affect every area of our life, can't we? It's so easy to focus on the negative, isn't it? Can I just be honest? You know what negativity does if we continually focus on it? It's like a cancer that gets in our body and consumes the whole body and spreads throughout our whole body. And it comes out of every area of our life, our relationships, our marriage, our parenting. It comes out at our jobs. It comes out in our friendships. It comes out at our church when we're serving with people. 
right? And so, so, so what are you filling your cup up with? Because some people, it's the fear, the fear. Oh my gosh, the virus, the virus, the virus, the virus. And some people, they need to stay home because they do have immune issues. But there's a lot of people who are just bound by fear. And they haven't came to God's house yet because they haven't went anywhere. And, and, and that's not of God. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Amen? And some people, it's the worry. You're worrying all the time. Worry wart. Worry wart. I'm worried I'll never recover from this. My business will never bounce back. My finances will never come back. Some people, it's, it's the doubt that, man, I messed up. I screwed up. I sinned. And I don't believe God could ever use me after that. That's what some people are filling with. Some people, it's the insecurity that, man, no one will ever, ever want me as a spouse. No one will ever want me. Like, I'm not enough. And so we're filling up on that. Some people, it's the own negativity that's coming out of your mouth. You know, the Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that speak those words, either death or life, will eat the fruit thereof. So some of us, the fruit that we're eating, not very good fruit, really stale fruit. We're eating it because of the words that we're speaking, because the words that we speak frame the future, frame our future. Huh? I mean, try it with your kids. Begin to speak words of life over them. Begin to tell them they are smart instead of putting them down, instead of calling them dumb. And stupid, you're just like your dad, you're just like your uncle. How about you start speaking words of life to them because those words have power, creative power. It's, it's all in the Bible, guys. It's not, it's not a self-help book, it's in the Bible. And then, and then a big one that a lot of us deal with, we're filling our cup with complaining. We complain about everything because what we have is just not enough and we're just not content and we always want more. And so we complain about what we don't have, and we complain that they have that, and I don't have that. And we're never content, we're never satisfied, so therefore we never have peace in our mind because a double-minded man or woman is unstable in all their ways. I'm going to say a lot of scripture and word today, so if you're a note-taker, it's a good time to take notes. And then some, it's anger. We're, we're angry. We're angry at everyone. We're angry at those that don't think and believe and vote like us. We're angry, which turns to hatred. We're hating people because they don't vote like us. We're hating people because they got a different color skin than us. You don't want to talk about it. It's okay. We're going to talk about it. And some, some, it's, some it's, then more fear comes because now they're saying this about the virus because it's changing about every uh, 2.5 seconds. Yeah. There's something new just came out since you've been sitting here. And we're like, oh my gosh, they said this now. They said this now. They said, that, oh, my God, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And I just wonder, I just wonder, we're just having a fireside chat here. I just, I just wonder what would happen if we engaged and lean and listened to God's word more than we do the mainstream media. What would happen in our lives? I just wonder. Because if you have, if you have more input and you're watching more of the mainstream media than you are digging into the word of God in this season, then your negativity is self-inflicted. It's not from the devil. Stop blaming the devil. Stop blaming church. Stop blaming your family members. It's you. It's the man in the mirror. Don't make me sing it. I'm talking about the man. You like that high note, don't you? That's why you come to this church. Um, um, and so we, we, 
guess what, guys? We, we could look at all the wrong things that are going on in our world, and there's a lot of it. Can I be honest? There's a lot of evil happening right now, okay? So I'm not, I don't have my head in the sand, like acting like, no, no. I'm just saying, let's get our head in the word. More than we do what's happening in world and culture. Should we be educated? Yes, we should be educated. I'm not saying that. But I, th I think, you know, to the point where we're so consumed and it's driving our decisions and our thought life and it's driving everything in our lives, that we're so off that we forget there are a lot of good things happening right now. It all depends on your perspective. Because sometimes your perspective is not a reality. It's your reality, but not the reality. And we create a false narrative in our minds of the perspective of the reality that we're living in. All right, let's get to the word. You guys okay today? Yeah. You need anything? Soda, popcorn? Sorry, it's not at the movies month this time. It's coming at Christmas, though. We're doing Christmas at the movies this year. Oh, yeah. Proverbs eleven twenty seven. Look at this. If you search for good, you will find favor. If you're searching for good, you're going to find good. But if you search for evil, <laughs> it's going to find you. So, so what are you looking for? Are you looking for a fight? Are you looking for a fight? Because that's what you're going to find. Are you looking to hate someone? Because that's what you're going to get. Or are you looking for good? Are you looking for good things? Come on now. I'm, I, I want to look for good things. Because I know if I look for good things, God's favor is going to find me. Amen? I don't even have to go searching for it. It finds me. So our main thought today, our main thought today is this. I'm not optimistic based on what I feel or what I see, I'm optimistic based on what God says. I'm not optimistic based on what I see because there's some craziness right now that I see. I'm not optimistic based on what I feel at times. I am optimistic based on what God's word says, period. Because you know something about that book? It never changes. Culture changes, society changes, this world changes, our communities change, but God's word will never change, and it will never fail either. It is a constant in our life. It is a constant. That's why we can go to that book. That's why we find strength in that book. That's why we find encouragement in that book, and that's why we can be optimistic in a season of uncertainty in a season of the unknowns in a season where fear is trying to knock on our door and move in we can find hope and we can find grace and we can find an optimistic attitude according to the word of god so i want to give you eight reasons eight reasons are you ready eight reasons i'm optimistic from romans 8 eight reasons now there are 23 in romans 8 your homework class is this this week read romans 8 read romans 8 Romans chapter 8, that's your homework. Every week I've been giving you homework. Have you been doing your homework? Yep. You know what happens if you don't do homework? I'm not watching you, but God is. <laughs> there are actually 23 reasons in Romans 8, but we only have time for 8. I don't know if we'll get through the 8. We'll have to see. You may have to get the podcast. But let's go to the Word. What do we go to? What do we go to? We go to the Word. What do we build our lives on, church? Is, is, it, is it fuel church? Is it me? 
Is it the fuel band, the best band in the land? No. We build it on God's word. We build it on God's word. It is the absolute truth. You cannot add to it. You cannot take away, the Bible says. It will stand forever, okay? And so we go, the, go to God's word, and let's look at it. And, and Paul talked about in Ephesians 5 that the word, that the word is like, it, it washes you and it cleanses you, and he talks about the washing of the water of the word. So it's, it's an analogy that when we get the word in us, when we read it, when we do our devotionals, it's washing us and cleansing us. What? From the filth of this world. We're in this world. Okay, stuff's going to come at us, but we can wash it with the word. Amen. Amen. Number one, I'm optimistic because my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. My sins are forgiven. Come on now. That was your place to shout right there because you were bad boy this weekend. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Just kidding. My eternity is secure. Now let's look. We're going to give a scripture for each point. Romans 8, 1 and 2. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation. Now, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set us free from the law of sin and death. Amen. My sins are forgiven. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you have called upon the name of the Lord for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You have been forgiven. I'm optimistic today because my sins are forgiven. My eternity is secure. I don't have to wonder what will happen to me if I should die tomorrow. And you shouldn't have to wonder either if you put your faith in Jesus Christ. I don't have to wonder about it. I will be in heaven with Jesus. And you will be too if you've made him the Lord of your life. I don't have to, I don't have to try to work to keep my salvation. And some of you were taught that, some very bad doctrine, that you have to work. You have to do works in order for God to be pleased with you. Like if you don't do those things, then, oh my gosh, he's going to strike you down and you won't make heaven. If you didn't pray this week, if you didn't read your Bible, if you didn't go to church, then then you're not going to make it. Hmm? Some of you were taught that. And that's bad doctrine is what it is. Because my Bible doesn't say that. We are not saved because of works. We are saved because of the finished work of Calvary. What he did on that cross, he said, it is finished, period. It's finished. So, but now we are not saved because of our works, but we are saved to do good works. Did you hear that? So now as you're a Christ follower, there should be some fruit hanging from the tree of your life. There should be some good deed. You should, you should be planted in a house of God. You should financially support your church. You should bless those who are less fortunate. And when you feel moved to encourage somebody or buy someone grocery, you should do those things. Those are good works, but you're not saved by them. You can't get into heaven by that. The only way you get to heaven is through Jesus. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you are saved. Are you with me? Ooh, this is good. So let's read it. 2 Timothy 1.9, God didn't save us according to our works, but according to his grace. Aren't you glad about that? It's not about your, it's his grace that saves us, which was given to us in Christ long before the world began. That's just powerful. So, so I'm optimistic today. I can move my faith forward because my sins are forgiven. My eternity is secure. Number two, I'm optimistic because Jesus is at the right hand of God praying for me. Jesus, the son of God, is praying for me. I thank God for your prayers. 
And I thank God when I'm going through something, I can go to certain people in my life and say, pray for me. I believe in the power of prayer. The power of prayer saved me and changed me because I had a praying mom and dad who prayed for me when I was out running like the devil. Come on, smoking it up, drinking it up. Come on now. And I had a mama who didn't give up on me. Shout out to all the mamas that didn't give up on their kids. So Romans 8, 34 says, Christ Jesus who died, more than that, was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, and he is also interceding for us. He's praying for me. Thank God for your prayers, but I got Jesus praying for me. So when you feel like you're all alone and you feel like you don't have somebody that can pray for you, you got to know that Jesus is praying for you. My Lord, I'm getting optimistic right now. The great theologian, the Scottish minister, Robert McShane, said this. If I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, I would not fear a million enemies. Yet the distance makes no difference. He is praying for me. That's powerful. That's powerful. Jesus, the Son of God, is sitting at the right hand, and he's covering you. He's praying for you. Think about this. If Jesus, being God, feels it necessary to pray, then how much more should we pray for each other? Who have you prayed for today? Who have you prayed for this week? Who did you text and say, you know what? You're on my heart. You know what? I knew you were having surgery. I'm praying for you. I know you went through a loss, but I'm praying for you. The power of prayer. It works. You know why we don't pray? Because we don't really believe it works. No, you didn't hear that. Two people heard it. The reason you don't pray is you really don't believe it works. So you don't pray. But when you know it works, <laughs> oh, Jesus, I got to keep moving. Number three, I'm optimistic, not based on what I feel, not based on what's going on in culture. Not based on what's happening on the news. I'm optimistic based on what God's saying. And number three is my future victory is greater than my present pain. Ooh, can I preach it how I feel it? Yeah. Romans 8, 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. Hmm. What I'm going through is working for me. Amen. What I'm going through can't be compared it cannot be compared to the glory that God is going to bring out of my pain. It can't be compared to it. And so my future victory, it's, it's way greater than my pain. Well, tell us about it, Paul. What was your pain like? Well, I was shipwrecked. I was beaten with iron rods. I was stoned. Not recreationally speaking. <laughs> Let me clarify that word now. 21st century. I was put in prison. I was mocked. Why, Paul? What did you do? Did you commit adultery? What did you do? Murder someone? No, I was preaching the gospel. I was telling people how he saved me, how I was a mess, and they did all this to me. But, 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 but what I do know is that my future victory, it's greater than my present pain. And I know some of you got some pain right now. I know some of you got some pain, but, but I need you to understand this is only a chapter of your life. It's not the entire story. Don't discount one bad chapter because God's not done writing your story. I came to encourage somebody today. I feel my help coming. Pain is an invitation for God to move in and replace our faltering strength with his. 
invite God into your pain. Just because you didn't choose your circumstance doesn't mean God won't use it. God never wastes anything, especially pain. Especially pain. And you you got to know this when you feel like, I can't go on. I feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel because some of you are there right now. And I'm so glad you're at church today. You came to the right church. You need to know that there are other people on the side of your pain. And other people need you. And they need your story. Don't you dare give up. When you feel like throwing in the towel, don't you dare give up. Someone needs to hear your story. I could stay there, but I got to keep moving. You want all eight of them? Okay, let's keep moving. Number four, my mind is filled with the peace of God. I'm optimistic because Romans 8, 8, 6 says, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. See, you don't have to be dominated by the flesh. You can have a peace that goes beyond human ability, a peace. You ever met someone who had a loss in their life, maybe a loved one, but they walked through that time with the peace of God on them. It was different. They walked through the the tragedy, the loss of a loved one, but they walked through it with God's peace and they were the anchor to the family. The family was leaning on them because they had a peace. And when you have a peace from God, it does not matter what you go through and what you face. I have the peace of God and you know when the peace of God is on you and it's unexplainable, but you know I have the peace of God. You can walk through any storm. Jesus said, I, I gave you the gift called peace. And he says that in John. He says, I'm leaving you with the gift called peace, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Imagine that. Here we are in this world trying to find peace. We're trying to find it. So I find it in a bottle. Come on, I try to find it in this. I try to find it in a pill. I try to find it in another relation. That one didn't work. Uh, I'll, I'll try another one. I'll try to find it in a car. Maybe if I get a car, maybe if I get a bigger house, maybe if I get a new war, I'll find peace, a new job maybe, a new neighborhood. Maybe I'll move out of Kokomo. How many people say that? I, I just need to get out. No, your problems are going to follow you to Florida. They're going to follow you to Georgia, Texas. You going with your problems. Sorry for the person who just put that on social media. I'm not on social media, so I don't know who you are. But but we try to find peace in all these other things. And Jesus said, I gave you the gift of peace. It's not like the world. You can't get it in the world. You get it from me. And it's almost like he knew we would be in the middle of a pandemic. He said, so don't be troubled or afraid. I love Jesus. I love it. His word is so powerful and relevant for today. How do you stay filled with God's peace? Well, three areas. Number one, watch the airwaves. (laughs) We can't control what's happening around us, but we can control what's happening in us. Watch this. If you don't hear anything, listen to this right here. Jesus cannot be your peace if the world is your focus. You will not have the peace of God if you're only focused on the world. And Jesus can't be your peace if politics are your only focus. Don't get off the train up at the 1130. It ain't stopping yet. And so you, oh, my answer's in my, no, our answer is in Jesus. Our answer is not in the donkey or the elephant. It's in the lamb of God. Some of you don't like that. You don't like that. 
It's all right. I'm going to preach the hope found in Jesus because he's the one that can save the world. It ain't no political party. It's the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. Our hope is in Jesus Christ, not a political party. I'm going to drink to that. It's water. It ain't what you were sipping on last night. Let's keep moving. <laughs> You're at the right place if you were sipping on it. Come on now. No joke. There was some very intoxicated people here Thursday night. And someone came up to me and were like, man, what is, I said, that, they're in the right place. What do you? I mean, I mean if, if they can't come to church, if they can't come to church, come on, people. But I know churches that would have kicked them out. I mean, gone, out of here, don't come back here. And that to me is sad. Number five, number five, number five, we're not going to get through it. If God is for me, who can be against me? I'm optimistic because Romans 8, 32 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Who will bring anything, any charge against those who God has chosen? It is God who justifies. It is God who justifies your enemies. You got some haters in your life drinking that hater aid? You got them. I got them. We all got them. Let God fight those battles. Because when you let God fight them, you know what he said he does? I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. You're going to be eating filet mignon and lobster, and your enemies are going to watch you enjoy the blessings and favor of God. They're going to watch you. Watch Watch God show up. If God be for me, who can be against me? I don't care what anybody's trying to do to you. I don't care what anybody's trying to say about you. They're trying to ruin your reputation. They're trying to bring up stuff that happened decades and centuries ago on your past like they don't have a past. You let God justify your haters. You let God fight those battles. Sometimes the best thing you can do is be silent. Sometimes the best thing you can do is be silent. Someone needed that today. Well, they, they put me down. They criticize me. What does it matter as long as God approves you? Let the one who created you be the one who defined you. I'm preaching up in this church house today. I'm pr- I think I'll preach the 1 o'clock too and maybe a 3 o'clock. I don't know. Just add another Labor Day service. For all those who slept in, what are you doing? <laughs> He's doing what I told him to do. <laughs> Listen, friends, no matter what, you are not defined by the labels and opinions of others. You are who God says you are. You are a child of the Most High God. And some of you, every time you walk in here, you just need to celebrate this fact. You need to celebrate this fact. That hell, that hell tried to take you out. But God brought you through hell and you're still standing. You're still standing. You need to celebrate that today. Number six. Six reason I'm optimistic because God's spirit helps me in weakness. Romans 8, 24, 26 who hopes for what they already have but if we hope 
for what we do not have yet, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. The Spirit helps us. Whenever you're down, he holds you up. Whenever you're hurting, he's your comfort. Whenever you're alone, he's your friend. Whenever you are weak, he is your strength. The greatest place for you to be at is the place where you come to the end of yourself because it is the beginning of Jesus providing his strength for your weakness. The greatest place you can be is right here. When you say, God, I can't go on any longer. I'm so weak. I've given it all. That's the greatest spot when you come to the end of yourself because it's the beginning of the strength of Christ and the Spirit of the Lord will strengthen you and pull you up when you can't pull your own self up. And for some of you, you're trying to do it all in your own strength and you can't and you're not supposed to. God is working. It says His Spirit helps me in weakness. Do you got some weakness in your life? I do. I do. I've learned I just can't, some of it I can't work out on my own. I need to give it to him. Paul said, Paul said it best. Man, when I'm weak, that's when I'm the strongest because I've learned the secret is not about me and my strength. It's about you and your strength coming on me. But I got to hit my knees and I got to go to that low spot. And the reason we think we can fight all the battles in our own strength is because we're too high and we need to get low and humble ourselves. Because pride keeps us up here, but humility brings us down here. I'm optimistic, not based on what I see or feel, church. Not based on what the news is telling me. I'm optimistic based on God's word. Number seven, God's working everything in my life for the good. Everything. Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. There is not a thing that happens in your life that the goodness of our God will not transform for his glory. The good, the bad, and the ugly, he can turn it around for his good and for your good. God is working, church, even when you don't see him. He is working even when you don't feel him. Just because God is silent does not mean he's absent from your life. And just because you do not feel him does not mean he's not near to you. My Bible says actually God is close to the brokenhearted. You got some brokenness in your life? He's close. Number eight, I'm optimistic because nothing can separate me from the love of God. And this is the best point to close on right here. Nothing can separate me. Well, tell us about that, Paul. Paul said, I don't even have to think about it. I don't have to pray about it. He said, for I am convinced. I want to challenge you as believers, as Christ. You need to get convinced that nothing can separate you from God's love. He says, I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the things present, nor future things, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Nothing, nothing, nothing can separate you. David said, if I make my bed in hell, God, you're still right there. If I make the worst decision, God, you're still right there. No matter where I go, God is there. No matter what I do, he still loves me. 
No matter what happens to me, he is still for me. God will chase you down if you run from him. He never gives up on you. He never gives up on you. He never gives up on you. You can try to run from him and try to bring a separation, but it won't work. It won't work. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. He is for you. You are his child. He is madly in love with you. His favor is shining on you. And so I am optimistic today, not based on what's happening in our culture, in in our society. I am optimistic because God's word is true. And I choose to build my life on his word. Have that as the foundation in turbulent times. I'm going to trust the book that does not lie. I'm going to trust the good news, come on, of the gospel, somebody. Somebody say yes. You know why we can trust the next chapter? Because we know the author. We know the author. Get to know the author. Get to know that book. You're going to need that book. If we are at the beginning of the last days, we talked about it Thursday, you're going to need to know that book. Not just hear it on Sunday. You're going to need to get to get into that book and study that book and learn that book. You, you, it's the best-selling book of all time. It's the number one top-selling book of all time. It's the only book that when you read it, the author is present. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand upon the word of God. The, some of you are raised in church. The rest of you just got here. Welcome. We love you. It's, it's the Bible. It's the Bible where we find truth. Absolute. It's the Bible where we find hope. Hopeless situations happening right now. Hopeless things, circumstances. It's the Bible. It's not CNN. It's not ABC. It's not Fox. It's the Bible. Wake up. We're listening to everybody else but the book. Has all the answers we need in it. And we're fighting with people. And we're spewing hate because they vote different than us. The Bible says if you hate your brother, you do not have the love of God in you. If you have a problem with somebody because they see things different than you, you have a problem with somebody because they have a different skin color than you you do not have the love of God in you according to that book not my opinion it's not my opinion it's that book yep we're gonna end it right there Selah think on that pray on that that's what it means that word in the Bible I'm optimistic today I'm optimistic today because God's word never changes and God's word never fails us. People will fail you, but God will never fail you. I trust the next chapter for my life. I trust the next chapter for our community. I trust the next chapter for America because I know the author, period, period. Give God a praise if you receive that today. Bow your heads with me. Lord, we thank you for your word today, your word that changes us. 
Lord, your word that is absolute truth. We build our lives on it, God. We need your word more than we need anything else. So, Lord, in these times, we thank you we will cling to your word. In these times where we feel like complaining, we feel like allowing negativity to consume our hearts, our minds, and our words. Lord, we will allow your word to build faith. We are optimistic because your word is true. It has never failed. Never failed. Over 2,000 years, your word has stood the test of times. This isn't the first pandemic, and it won't be the last. But your word, it lasts. It's lasted through many pandemics. It's lasted through many hard times that our nation has had. And so, God, we cling to it as believers. We need it. We need it to direct us. And sometimes we need it to correct us and cut away our own thoughts and ideas and perceptions. Lord, we need your word to guide us in these times. While your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you may be here today. Maybe you're far from God. We want to give you an opportunity to know the author today, to know God. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to know him. He already knows you very well, but he wants you to know him. And we're going to say this prayer in just a moment, a prayer that will change the very course of your life and set you on a journey, a spiritual journey spiritual journey of change, life change. He changes you from the inside out. So if you're here today and you say, Jacob, that's me. I, I need to know Jesus for the very first time, or I need to rededicate my life to Christ. I'm ready. I'm ready today. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if that's you, just show me who you are by raising your hand real quick. Just raise up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. They're still popping up. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Every section. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? I, I'm ready. I'm ready to Surrender it all to him. I've been trying to work this out on my own, but I can. I'm ready to surrender. Who else? Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Let's say this prayer. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I believe you died upon that cross for my sins. So I repent of those sins today, and I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Church, put your hands together. Let's Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You can take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.